Somebody else, we'll be in Psalm, we're actually going to be in two of them tonight, 137 and 138. Don't worry, hopefully it doesn't take twice as long. We're not going to look at every verse, but uh, I think we can look at uh, some of the verses between the two. Psalms that are right next to each other, 137 138. God's got something for us, so Lord willing, we'll look into these. Uh, I'll go ahead and read both of them, uh, just so we uh, get a uh, get a feeling for what they are. But Psalm, we'll start in Psalm 137, it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there uh, they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the root of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that he that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. Now let's look at Psalm 138, the next one. Uh, a Psalm of David, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, uh, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with the strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they, uh, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou stretch forth thine hands against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for its truth. Lord, I pray uh, that you would open it up tonight in our hearts and our minds. And Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, challenge us, encourage us, draw us closer to you. And Lord, we're asking for revival even tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray and amen. So you see, uh, these psalms are right next to each other. They, uh, they, and I don't think it's an accident. Although uh, they are two totally different time periods, they are uh, one is uh, one of David, and the other is not. And uh, sometimes when you look at it, it seems like they're very far apart. But I, I believe if you read them next to each other and you start to look at the differences, uh, I think you see uh, two totally different attitudes and two 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 totally different results from those attitudes. And at first we look at Psalm 38, David uh, is praising, he's praising the Lord, he's worshiping the Lord, he's singing to the Lord, uh, and it's, and at first you're reading Psalm 138 and you're thinking, well Mike, that's because everything's going good in his life, right? Psalm 38, everything's going good, Psalm 137, they're in captivity, everything's going bad, and at first you would think that, uh, uh, but one of the things especially because in Psalm 138, David's talking about the past trials. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me. So we're, 
we're looking at that at first and saying, well, his troubles are in the past. So of course he can worship the Lord. Of course he can sing. But the problem is, if you look at Psalm 138, verse 7, David says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Uh, thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. So we see right there, we don't know exactly which part of David's life this is covering. The psalm doesn't tell us, but we know at this moment, uh, David was surrounded by his enemies. He's in the midst of trouble. He's got these problems going on. So Psalm 138, you can't read it in a context of everything's going to be okay you have to remind ourselves of verse 7 as you're going through verse uh, through psalm 138 uh, verse 7 says in the midst of trouble and then it says surrounded by mine enemies so uh, 138 there's problems too so both 137 and 138 there's trouble there's enemies there's captivity there's uh, uh, trials and valleys and whatever you want to call it storms that, that's what's going on with both psalms but you see a, a big difference. Here's how David starts his in verse 1. Uh, he says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. So he is making a declaration right off the bat. He's saying, I'm not going to worship the Lord half-heartedly. I'm not going to praise him half-heartedly. Even though I've got enemies all around me. Even though I've got troubles around me. Uh, and David was no stranger to enemies. He was no stranger to being on the run. He had to do it multiple times in his life. Uh, so whether it was on the run from Saul on the run from Absalom uh, he had to do this uh, and he faced the Philistines and other enemies and those there were those times where he didn't know where he was going to hide next he didn't know if the, the town that he went by was reporting back to Saul where he was at or anything else so he didn't know whether he was about to be caught or, or, or anything but in spite of all that David is saying I'm not going to let any enemy I'm not going to let any trial I'm not going to let any circumstance hold me back from completely praising the Lord. That's what he says. I'll praise the Lord with my whole heart. And I don't know about you, but the devil tries to hinder us so much. Uh, uh, and I, uh, the favorite thing I think he likes to hinder, he likes to hinder us in prayer, but he also likes to hinder us in worship, doesn't he? He likes to, to keep us from that, uh, to, to worship, and he'll stop at nothing. Have you ever noticed on Wednesday nights and on Sundays, he goes in, a, he kicks it in another gear, so that way our mind is in every other other direction. Uh, everything is, uh, we're focused on our problems and what happened at work today or what happened at the project or anything else that you're working on. But then I'm reminded of this. The devil would not fight as hard as he does if there wasn't something to go against, right? If there, if it wasn't, if that worship and prayer and getting into God's word wasn't so powerful, he wouldn't fight against those things. But he does over and over again. And here's David surrounded by these idol worshipers, these false uh, God-following enemies, and he didn't care if Baal's army or Dagon's army or whoever else's false God army. He said, listen, I'm going to worship and sing praise to the Lord in spite of what's going on around me. Now, let's go back to 137. This is the opposite here in the beginning. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. And then in verse 3, For there they that carried us away captive required us of a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. 
So while David wants to wholeheartedly praise the Lord in the presence of his enemies, we see the Jews that are in exile in Babylon, they're in the opposite. They're sitting by the river, uh, maybe the Euphrates River, and their captives want them to sing a song. But instead of singing, they've hung up their harps in the willow trees and they're weeping. And here's the thing. They had reason to weep. They had, uh, they had problems in their life. Remember, they had watched the city. They'd watched the temple be destroyed. The one Solomon had built, it was destroyed. They lost everything they owned. They lost their homes. Uh, many of them lost loved ones and different things. Uh, they were forced to march to Babylon. And now they're living in captivity, never knowing if they're going to see Jerusalem again. So they're saying, we've lost our will to sing. And the captors wanted them to sing. So you could say, well, Mike, of course they don't want to sing songs to those that are have them in captivity. But then in verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They're saying, listen, as long as we're in Babylon, how can we sing to the Lord? How can we do anything? How can we worship at all when we aren't by the temple, when we, we aren't in Jerusalem and everything else? And then I was thinking about that. We could equate that. Granted, we don't have to worship at the temple. We don't have to worship in Jerusalem now. And and really, we can worship at home. We can worship different places. We worship in here. Uh, But here's the thing. He's saying, hey, they're saying, hey, the captivity, the the ones that are captive are saying, as long as we're in this strange land, we're not going to worship. And that's what makes me wonder, do we start to turn the same way when we're in a trial, when when we've got something not going wrong in our life? Are we saying, you know what, I'm not going to sing until everything's fixed again. We can't do that. Acts 19.25 in the New Testament. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Remember, they had been beaten. They'd been whipped for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'd been thrown in prison. And at midnight, they could have been wallowing in their pain. They could have been frustrated. They could have been complaining. But all at the prison, the other prisoners wouldn't have been surprised by all that. But instead, there they are singing, praising God, praying out loud and everything else. And the whole jail could hear them and it shook the whole place up and then uh, 138 verse 2 back to David I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name David's surrounded by enemies he's not at the temple because he's saying I'm worshiping toward it Uh, and he chose to worship he said I'm not there uh, where you're supposed to be worshiping but I can worship the Lord anywhere I learned to worship out in the sheep pack pasture at night when nobody else was around I can worship in a cave I can worship on the run or anywhere in between and that's what he chose to do he's saying hey I'm magnifying the uh, thy word I'm magnifying the Lord above anything well how was David able to do that how was he able to sing and praise and worship when he's surrounded by his enemies and surrounded by his problems 138 verse 3 tells us in the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthenest me with the strength in my soul. See, if David would have only focused on his current circumstances, he probably would have ended up like them in Psalm 137, like the children of Israel in captivity. But he remembered last time he was in trouble. That's what he did. He said, you know what? Last time I was in a trial, last time I was in trouble uh, uh, in the day when thou, when I cried, thou, uh, he doesn't say in the day when I cried, thou delivered me. He says in the day when I cried, thou answered me. 
So you know what that tells me? That uh, he, after he prayed to the Lord, the Lord didn't immediately take him out of that problem. The Lord strengthened him to help him get through it. There was no instant deliverance there. Uh, and that's sometimes what we're looking for. We want instant deliverance, an instant uh, solution to the problem. And sometimes the Lord does that. And sometimes he doesn't. But he said, hey, I'll tell you this. Even though I wasn't delivered, I prayed and the Lord heard my prayer. He gave me strength when I didn't have any strength he let me to continue on when I didn't think I could go another step and he said if the Lord did that then the Lord could do it again the Lord could give me strength again because I need it again that's how he was able to praise uh, Psalm or I'm sorry Hebrews 4 16 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need that grace from God we know it's free it's unmerited favor and it covers everything that we need that grace is a wide ranging word if we need strength if we need wisdom if we need anything I'm glad our God doesn't charge us for it he doesn't it doesn't cost anything He's already paid for everything and he's given us uh, everything. Jesus told Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Remember, Paul was asking for that thorn in the flesh to be taken away. And Jesus told him, hey, I may not take the problem away, but my grace, my strength is enough to get you on. And Paul was able to use that and David was able to use that. And here's the thing, maybe the problem is we're not willing to humble ourselves and ask the Lord for the strength. Sometimes we try to do it on our own resources. I, I'm chief of that. I get out the calculator, the spreadsheet. I figure it out how we're going to solve this problem and everything else. But God wants us to turn to him. We need to trust the Lord and ask him for more grace when we need it. Because when we don't, it hinders the worship. That's what we see in Psalm 137. The worship is hindered because they're not going to the Lord. They're just saying, here's where I'm at. I'm in captivity. It's never going to get any better. How can I sing again? We're not in the right place. The enemy's got us as if God can't be with them there in Babylon. And it hurt their worship. Let's go on with David. So not only did he remember prayer and remember God, God's faithfulness when it came to prayer, 138 verse 5, yea, uh, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Verse 6, though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. He said, hey, here's another secret to David being able to praise in the midst of a trouble. He remembered how great the Lord was. He said, the Lord is great. He's on high. He's sovereign. He's more powerful than the problem he's more powerful than the enemy and here's the problem from our perspective our problems look big no different than David when he's facing off against Goliath Goliath was huge but his God was bigger than Goliath and that was it was a perspective thing uh, David knew uh, he was no match for Goliath but uh, Goliath was no match for his God David knew those that genuinely humbled themselves before the Lord. The Lord would respect that. The Lord would answer that. And he would give grace and strength. And I think David had experienced that many times through his youth and through his uh, uh, early years before he became king and after he became king. And now that David is a king, as long as he keeps his heart humble, the Lord continues to recognize that and to bless him. And I believe the Lord's still doing the same thing. 
He looks at us, and when we admit to him that we need so much from him, uh, that's when he pours it out on us. But on the other hand, the proud he knoweth afar off. The Lord distances himself from the proud. He's not going to help that. And then finally, verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. That's the thing. David didn't know how long the enemies would be there. He didn't know how long he'd be surrounded. And we don't know how long our trials are going to last. We don't know how long the problem. Uh, but he said one thing. He is saying right here, though I walk in the midst of trouble, that's again present tense, thou wilt revive me. There's a day coming. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. He says, right now I'm in a trouble, but I, in a trial, but I'm not going to be that way forever. The enemy is not going to surround me forever. That's what he's saying. The Lord is going to deliver me one day. I don't know how long it's going to be. So he's looking backwards and saying the Lord's answered my prayers before. Uh, the Lord strengthened me before in trials. He'll do it again. And the Lord's got me out of situations. He'll do it again. And that's how he's able to praise. And that's how he's able to sing uh, because he is not focusing as much on the present. In fact, this uh, there in uh, verse seven is really the only time at the beginning you get a, a glimpse of the present other than him worshiping and he's saying hey one day my enemies will be gone because the Lord's going to stretch forth his hand and I thought about that and I said you know what we could say the exact same thing as well today one day our enemies will be gone and our enemies the devil and his angels that they will be locked up one day and I say praise God for that but until that day we can follow David's lead we can still sing we can still worship we can still praise God because just like David he has taken care of us in the past he's answered prayers in the past and we can look forward to a day when he's going to take care of us again he's going to get rid of every enemy and everything will be better so you see the difference we didn't go through like i said the uh, both entire psalms but they are opposite of each other they're both in trials they're both in problems they're both in a bad situation but there's two totally different outcomes the children of israel said we're not singing anymore we're not praising anymore. And David said, there's no reason to stop singing. No reason to stop praising. In fact, I want to make sure I'm not even doing it half-heartedly because of this trial. We see the difference. Amen. And here's the thing. We're not slaves today. We're not running from literal armies today. But the spiritual battles are real. The trials are real today. But the question is, which one are we going to be? Are we going to be one Psalm 137? And hang up the harp and say, I can't sing. There's nothing to sing about, nothing to praise about. Or are we going to be like David? There's no reason to stop praising. There's no reason to stop singing because God's still good. He's still faithful. He still hears our prayers. He still strengthens. He still gives us grace. And one day he's going to deliver us from every problem. That's the decision that we've got to make. Because God is still the same. And the choice is still the same. We've got to pick one or the other today. So then that's the question. Where are you at today? And the best thing is, if you're at Psalm 137, you can move to Psalm 138. You can. 
It may not be instant, but I tell you what, the first step is just coming to the Lord humbly and saying, Lord, I don't feel like praising you right now. Help remind me why I should. Help help remind me in your word. Help remind me in my life. And then as you start to thank God for different things that he reminds you of, usually that's what gets me out of the darkest spot is when I start thanking God because uh, it starts a, almost like a, a snowball. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I realize how God, good God has been to me. Yeah, there are times we don't feel like singing. But I tell you what, I'm glad there are no times that the Lord doesn't feel like listening and helping us. Praise God for that. We're going to open up the altar tonight if you need to pray about.